This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. genius in you, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways that other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of each show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many, many diverse interests, and in that vein, people have written to our show's producers and asked about different occupations and areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset by utilizing the gifts that are seen in their name, utilizing namology science. Some of the letters ask, how does someone express their creative talents and how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that all benefit? Our expert tonight is Karen Black, who has developed her genius in the area of karmic astrology and how to become enlightened. Karen is a writer in Toronto, Canada, a hard explorer, founder of the Soulmate site, and author of the award-winning novel, Moondance. She earned her MBA at the Rotman School of Management in Toronto, spending almost two decades in corporate positions. Today, she works for firms that she's known for a long time, doing freelance as a plain language consultant, whereby she translates technical documents into plain language where everyone can understand them. Karen writes her e-newsletter, Moon Dancing, from her lovely 160-year-old heritage home in a small town in Ontario. She writes to empower other heart explorers and professionals who are focused on, a meaning, on making a meaningful difference around the world who have found themselves on a spiritual awakening journey. She does this through her website, the Soulmate site, and Heart Explorations. Karen's name indicates that she has fairness issues and wants the world to be fair. That is according to her definition of fair, of course. She has an excellent memory and can get overwhelmed with others with all of the details that she sees and she can remember. This is great in all the careers that need people to be exact with their details. Karen's name also indicates that she can have quite the rebellious spirit and she does not like to be told what to do. She can see ideas from someone else's point of view, even when they disagree with her. Her name also indicates that she would make a great mediator, for when it comes to other people, she can see both sides of the issue and help them come to resolution. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, Karen. Welcome. Thank you. Karen, we want to get the obvious question out of the way first. 
Has people ever confused you with the actress Karen Black who starred in Five Easy Pieces with Jack Nicholson? <laughs> well, actually, uh, often that's a really good icebreaker at parties, I have to say. And, uh, and I quickly follow it up by uh, I'm also not related to Conrad. Well, when I was asked tonight who I was interviewing, and I said it was Karen Black, someone said, oh, the actress, how exciting. And I said, more exciting? This one's alive. <laughs> this one's alive, exactly. It might be more exciting if it's, yeah, on the other hand, but yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. So what kind of technical documents do you translate? Um, yes, I, it's, it's kind of an unraveling of, of legalese. Um, I do everything from in investment statements to utility statements to pension statements, a lot of statements. Um, but I've also worked with, with a team of people, of course, um, on uh, simplifying contracts as well. So basically it's making, um, uh, making very te technical information easy to understand for the layperson. So does that vary across which kinds of technology? Like I know some computer techs, um, you know, they tell you what to do to run the computer, and now it seems like even those are online. So if you don't understand how to do it online, then you don't know how to get to the material to tell you how to do it online. Right. It's, it's true. Um, most of my specialization has come out of the insurance industry, uh, Canadian insurance industry, also the investment uh, industry. And sometimes, again, I have worked on utility companies, but most of my experience are, is on the insurance side. So you, I, I smiled when you said I was very detailed. I, I smiled when you said that very broadly. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, would you be like a, a doctor and a lawyer at parties where everybody wants to pick your brain for that, which you know about insurance? Well, you know, the funny thing is, actually, no, I don't like to talk about it at parties, but the, the funny thing is, um, I, uh, uh, when, I have, when I go deep into a project, um, I have all of these details in my head, and then I write them down, and I synthesize them, and I'm in the project, but I'll tell you something, once that project is done, all the details are gone, <laughs> so I'm in my head as long as I need them there, put it, put it that way. Well, that's good, though, to be able to understand her to begin with. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I sort of see it as a bit of an unraveling. It's kind of a fun challenge for me. It's very different than the astrology, though, although the astrology chart can be an unra unraveling as well. Well, we're going to talk about that next. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can also be heard on knowthename.com and xzbn.net. After the break... We'll find out. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. 
If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. I'm Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Karen Black, whose website is karenmblack.com. Karen, how did becoming a writer who was on a spiritual path change your life? Or in other words, how did you get started in this field? Yeah. Well, you know, um, writing has been part of my life for a long time. Way back at, at University of Toronto, I took biology and I also took English. So that foreshadowed a little bit of the, the technical writing piece. Um, but, but I also had, in when I took English, um, there was also a creative writing piece. And I didn't come to that until later. Basically, I was bounced around in the corporate world a lot. I had worked with a couple of companies um, that went to, into bankruptcy. Uh, I used to have uh, my sister used to say to me that I, I cursed companies that I worked with. So I had some experiences that really made me kind of um, really reevaluate my life. Um, so there was the, the, the career piece, but then also in my romantic life in my 20s. Uh, was quite tumultuous. So those two things combined uh, as catalysts, if you will, so that I started to um, really be forced to, to look within. And I always had that spiritual part of me, um, but it took me a while because I, I was raised by a very pragmatic kind of family. I didn't know anyone, you know, at the time that was asking these kinds of bigger questions. It took me a little while to get the courage to kind of claim some of these uh, beliefs and interests as my own. But once I did, then the writing was just uh, really something that happened very naturally. My uh, first book is Moondance, and really it's an allegory for spiritual awakening in a modern world. And I was writing it while I was going through um, probably the maybe not the most intense part of my awakening um but it was it was kind of i was learning the astrology at the same time i was writing about it and so it, it actually ends up being very um I, i'd say authentic an authentic voice um around awakening and sometimes even how confusing it can be so writing was just a good outlet to put my um it's not it's a it's a fictional story um but the themes are mine in the book yeah and so did your life change? I mean, it sounds to me like you were almost documenting the change of your life as you were going on your spiritual path. But yes. has, did that stop? Still continuing past when the book ended? Um, no, actually, that's basically I experienced something in life and then I try to uh, put it to words and, and share it. And so the people that enjoy my work tend to, you know, uh, resonate with with what I've gone through. But the way it's changed me, I would say that I'd become a more confident person. I think for a number of years, I felt like my life was split a bit between uh, who I was in the corporate world and who I was privately, who had all these kind of very different interests. So I think once I started writing and I actually uh, published and shared it with people I knew, I I cemented some friendships, um, you know, when I found people were thinking the same things as me and I became more confident and also this is a sort of a technical term, but it more integrated. I didn't feel like I had this double life anymore. I felt like I could be myself, and that was powerful for me. 
I think there's probably a lot of people that feel like they're leading a double life between their work life or their professional life and their home life. Um, there's some words that you use on your website and in your material that may need defining for some of us. So I'd yes. like to start by giving you a word and having you define it for us, you know, sure. like what it means. So what does intuition mean to you? Mm. Intuition to me means uh, reconnecting our consciousness to our higher self. So we live our life with our life with our five senses. We're here in the material world. Some people may call that the 3D world. Um, but then there's also this higher uh, oversoul, if you will, the higher side of ourself that has great will, wisdom and where we can get hunches and intuitions. So through practices like self-reflection, like meditation, for example, even connecting with nature, I find is very powerful for me. It opens us up to wisdom and knowledge that um, is available to all of us, um, but not in the 3D world. Okay, so you're talking about your higher self and an oversoul. So I'm curious, are you using oversoul in the same way that, say, like Jane Roberts did in her series of books, Oversoul 7? Or what um, do you no. mean by oversoul? Yeah, I, I guess when I use that word, I don't know. I, I try not to get too hung up over, over words, but... What a higher self is probably more descriptive, but I am, I haven't read uh, Jane Roberts' books, but I'm, I've heard of them, um, so I can't uh, draw a comparison there. Okay. The next word that you use is soulmate, and what yeah. does soulmate mean to you? Yes, um, soulmates are other souls, other people who we have known many lifetimes before. Uh, and we come together again for one of three reasons. One is to uh, repay an obligation. One is to settle a conflict. And another is to perpetuate love. Uh, I call it the soulmate continuum. So we could meet these people we've known before anywhere on that continuum. I, I think that there's a bit of a romantic sense about soulmates where all we do is perpetuate love and everything is all rosy and there's no work involved. Um, I'm a little bit more pragmatic. I do believe in reincarnation, so I do believe that souls come together and, and experience different types of relationships. Could be a spouse relationship, could be a friendship, could be a mentor-type uh, relationship. There's uh, even, even a child and a parent could be a soulmate relationship. So I have a very broad um, uh, a, a belief about soulmates. Um, I, I think that uh, uh, we all have them. We all have them. So according to your definition, then we could have many soulmates all in the same lifetime and at the same time even. Yes, absolutely. And not only that, uh, for people who come together and let's say they had something to work out and there's some conflict to work out, I believe that with work, now both parties have to be equally aware and equally willing, um, but uh, two people could uh, work out their differences and get to the stage where you're you're basically um, perpetuating love, so things become more easy, or easier rather. Um, so I think that the the relationships can be transforming as well. Okay, so I love the way you keep using the word love. So I would like to know how you define love. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, again, I try not to get too caught up in, in, in names. Love is, I, I look at it as a universal, as the universal energy that is of an extremely high uh, vibration um, or density. Having said that, I don't think, I mean, people have written books and poetry and et cetera. I think the love between two people is one aspect of love. But sometimes the love between true people is actually um, is actually not love at all. It's more, you know, it can be challenging too. So I, I tend to look at it as a universal love, as a as a, a vibration that's very very high, that's full of peace. Uh, JJ, well, JJ Dewey in his book defines love as the honest appreciation of another person's essence. Would you agree with that or would you add to that? I think that's really lovely because it has the acceptance. It has the essence, which is really 
who we are uh, in our in our energy and how we affect others and ourselves and our talents. Um, I think that's lovely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, so you talk a lot about your spiritual awakening, and I in 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 everybody kind of wants to have that spiritual awakening or something that would be attainable. And so how would you go about that? And how do you define or how would you recognize when you've had a spiritual awakening? Yeah. And I think that it's interesting because I'm not sure, this would be a fascinating discussion. I'm not sure every awakening is something that somebody wakes up one day and with a very good heart says, okay, today I'm going to wake up. I think that the, the awakening that I'm that I experienced and that I've also heard stories from others are actually a result of struggle. It's often they're a result of pain. Uh, The waking up part is uh, when we choose to look at life in a different way, perhaps not as a victim. So there's a, I think there's a number of ways into awakening. You could go through a loss. You might go through an illness. uh, You may lose another person in your life. uh, You may have your heart broken again and again. Um, you may, something may happen financially, but whatever it is, it opens your heart. And, and just when your life is falling apart, you may, and this doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't always happen instantly, but you can make a choice to look at your life in a different way. Ask why that happened, who you are, why are you here? Why would something like this happen to me? That's often where it starts. But instead of there's, you're often at a fork in the road and, and you can either, Uh, uh, become angry, become bitter, become uh, vengeful, um, go down that path, and probably something similar will happen again to you to to consider. Or you can say, oh, okay, I didn't cause this, but maybe there's something more going on here that I haven't considered. And what it does, it can catalyze people onto a seeking path where they're learning uh, more about themselves, seeking to learn more about themselves and their souls, and seeking to learn more about the nature of reality. And and to me, that's the journey of awakening. But it's not always fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It really caught me something that you said when you said, you begin to look at life not as a victim. Would you expand on that? Sure. I think that it's very natural if, let's say, um, somebody goes through a betrayal situation or they lie to you or they cheat on you or um, somebody does something to harm you, that it's very understandable that, that we're hurt, you know, and our first instinct might be to blame uh, to blame that person. And it might even be okay, it may, it may even make sense to be very, very angry at this person or this institution or, you know, whatever whatever it was that harmed you. But I think that once we have get through that, that raw kind of uh, emotion and shock, um, I think if we hold on to being a victim that we look outside of ourselves uh, for the people who are or the institutions or whatever that are persecuting us, that isn't a powerful place to be. It isn't a place of growth. And it's not to say there aren't victims in the world when it's very literal. Somebody is hurt and killed and somebody, you know, there's physical violence. I mean, obviously that's victimization, but is that person holding on to it 20 years later, you know, and, and how do they define themselves? Do they find themselves as a victim um, or do they heal and are they strong and, you know, they do the hard work of forgiveness and they go on, you know, and, and, and be strengthened by that in the long, uh, long term. What you're describing sounds incredibly challenging. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm not saying this is easier overnight. And sometimes you take two, two steps forward and one step back. Um, believe me, it, this is, a, it's almost like a peeling away of layers. It's, Forgiveness is um, tossed around as a word, but it could be it's really one of the hardest things I think any of us can do. Um, But ultimately, it's freeing because it frees us. Um, uh, If we hold on to it, then we're holding on to that energy and it it holds us back um, from stepping into um, stepping into um, uh, more expansiveness for us. Stay tuned to know the name, know the genius in you. This particular show is dedicated to looking at life differently and after the break we'll find out why so many relationships are ending now and ending abruptly as well as ways that Karen has assisted people 
Her website is KarenMBlack.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Karen Black. 
Karen, before the break, we were going over different words that you use in your definitions. Just in your definitions alone, it's causing us to think. So the last word I'm going to ask you to define is what do you consider the definition of enlightenment? What does that mean to you? Mm. Yeah, I have. Uh, it's interesting because I, I've written a few articles on my site about enlightenment, and another one I've written about is is ascension. And the reason that I, and again, I've said this a couple of times before, I try not to get hung up about names. So I offer, um, you know, growth for enlightenment, um, and um, uh, but the reason that I write about enlightenment is because that's a very common word, and people are often seeking information about that word. So my definition. Uh, is not affiliated with any kind of um, religion, New Age, or otherwise. Um, I look at it as uh, almost like a three-prong approach. Um, there is the mind, the body, and the spirit. There is the spiritual part, which, of course, could involve things like uh, meditation or uh, deep reflection, um, that kind of work which which extends us out of our, our body. Um, then there's also, and, and again, I'm making this very, very short, but this is a, this is a process that can obviously can go on for a lifetime. And, um, then there is also the body piece and with the body piece, um, I mean that literally in terms of what we take into our body, the kinds of foods we consume, do we nurture our body? Do we take care of it? Do we get a good night's sleep? You know, um, that kind of thing. Do we spend time in, in nature? And I, I also, uh, for, for this section, I also will, will expand and say, we are here on a path of growth or a path of enlightenment if we choose to uh, accept that. Um, but I also believe that uh, we're not meant to to sit here on earth and spend all of our time trying to get out of our body. There are very few people on earth that go away and meditate in a cave, if you will. I use that metaphor because it's used a lot. Most of us uh, have jobs. We have families. We're juggling many things. There um, are a lot of stressors in life. So enlightenment becomes a little bit more complicated. So if you take that time for reflection, also, it's about grounding it to the earth. And so that's where taking care of the body comes in. Even just simple kinds of things like going for a walk in nature, making some wonderful food, uh, gardening, paying, you know, really paying attention to the earth. I, I, I talk to plants, you know, I talk to plants and I really believe they have a consciousness. Uh, and the last piece of it is the mind for me. Um, there is that intuitive wisdom that at the more we open, we open to our own intuitive uh, wisdom from our higher, higher self. But I also think there's a lot of knowledge. And it's interesting. I smiled when you said rebellious, too, because I am a little rebellious, even though I have a very soft voice. <laughs> um, and, 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 I, and I reflect that because I, I'm a very diverse consumer of, um, of information. And there's, I think I really have come to the conclusion that there's a lot of information that is ancient information that has been occulted from us. They call it the occult, but most people have a lot of fear around the occult because they think it's dark, but actually it's information that has been hidden from us and it's information about ourselves, our, ourselves and our minds and how we think and our hearts and our brains. And, um, and there's a lot of really good information in there. So I've really dug into this. I think part of enlightenment is also what we fill our minds with as well. And to remain curious um, about information and also to realize that it's not about reaching a mountaintop. As a matter of fact, once we believe that we've reached a mountaintop, I believe enlightenment stops. So I, I think that it's a lifelong journey just to make, remain very, very uh, open to learning and also taking care of your body and also having quiet times and times of reflection, uh, meditation, uh, that piece of it as well. Dan Millman in his book, The Peaceful Warrior, says that you could be a gas station attendant and then you become enlightened and you're still a gas station attendant. Yeah. You still have to, you know, take care of the regular and the mundane and yet you're a gas station attendant with a whole different attitude. Right. So has, has being on this pathway for you changed some of your technical writing or how you address that or how you feel about it? Hmm. Oh, that's, a, that's such a good question. Um, 
I am very much in the background with my technical writing. I work with a fantastic team of people. Um, it's project work. It's freelance work. So it's helped me on, uh, it's really helped me trust myself because I don't, I'm not a salaried person. I, I was in, I, I was in corporate roles, um, working full time for a number of years, but for about 10 years now I've worked on my own and the income goes up and down. So it has also been a, a journey of self-trust, but when I'm not busy with the technical writing work, what that does is it frees, frees me up to be more creative so that I can, um, write, uh, um, write on the, the topics that interest me. So, um, yes, I'm not sure. Repeat the question again, just to make sure that I've covered it all here. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, we just wanted to know if that has changed as you've gone along the spiritual path, if that has affected your job and how you're doing your everyday writing, changing the technology into everyday words. Did, are yeah. you choosing different words or is it still the same? Actually, I think with practice, I've become simpler. I think I've become less of a perfectionist, which is a good thing. So I've been more relaxed about it. Um, I have a lot less anxiety than I did when I was working full time. I think that, um, but, but in terms of the quality of writing, other than just the more projects you do and the more people you work with, you, the more I can learn and I'm always improving. Um, I probably, the writing has got better, but it's such a radically different type of writing that, that I do in that world versus my creative life. I think I'm more calm in, in, when it comes to work. I'm definitely more calm and I'm less hard on myself. Yeah. So being on a spiritual path then, is, it sounds like it's totally reduced your stress level. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that would hold true for everybody, that being on a spiritual path would reduce their stress level? I think so. I think that um, I got an email, you know, from somebody who found me on the website, and there was one particular homeopathic um, uh, protocol that I, used, I mentioned on the site, and she asked me about it. We had this email exchange, and she said, does it get better? Does it get better over time? Because she was uh, experiencing some pretty intense symptoms and uh, physical as well. And, and I said, it gets better over time. And that's what I find. Um, once you're on the awakening path, there's sort of like, there's, it's chaos and then everything opens up and there can be in a euphoria. But then the more you go, there's a bit of an ebb and flow to life. So it's not to say you won't have ups and downs. It's just the downs won't last as long and you'll come out faster. And then they just happen less and less. And then when life, uh, the unexpected uh, things in life happen, as they always will for all of us, uh, things can change. We just, I just find it's easier to navigate. It's easier to navigate. Mm -hmm. Well, we mentioned before the break that we promised our listeners that we talk about why so many relationships are currently ending and ending abruptly. Mm. I believe that there, I don't know whether you've heard the term, um, uh, the shift in consciousness that's going on right now. Uh, I, I, I've done a lot of research in this and I haven't really spoken a lot publicly about it, but, but I believe the earth is going through a shift in conscious right, consciousness right now, which means um, the earth as a consciousness is making a choice to go from um, thir third density reality into fourth density density reality. So the earth in essence is on a path of enlightenment herself, if you will. And there's a choice right now that, um, humans, uh, that we're, we're being called to make. Do we go with her or not? Do we continue to grow or do we stay, um, where we are? And there's, there's a lot of scientific studies out there and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have any top of mind, but but basically, the Earth is being inundated by this very high-frequency wave of energy. And that's affecting people in a lot of ways. Um, it can mean illnesses um, all of a sudden come up very, very suddenly. It can mean um, – it means – we don't really know. Honestly, I don't really know why this is. But it's almost like uh, where there are gaps in terms of how we're living and how we're feeling when there's a gap between those two things. It's almost like – this can magnify it. 
So when relationships break up, probably these are, are these aren't relationships that were good to begin with. These are the relationships where they just kept where people are sort of, you know, uh, putting away, putting aside, making excuses, not looking at their problems. And then all of a sudden, over, overnight, things can come up and it's over. I mean, I mean, I have um, I do know someone, a friend of a friend who, you know, again, almost a 20 year marriage and got a phone call and her her husband said it's done but you know and it just came up and she was in shock for a while she's doing great now that's just one example but i think that this is is something that's often um when we when we bury our truth you know when we don't when, when we bury our truth and we just kind of go about life and we don't want to look at those things are usually um situations where there's been a build-up for some time Okay, so you mentioned the third dimension and the fourth dimension. So fairly succinctly, what's the key difference between you're saying we're going from third dimension to fourth dimension? What would be different in the fourth than what we're used to in the third? Yeah, and and just so you know, there are, you know, pages and pages and pages and books and hours you can listen to about this. But succinctly, the third dimension is is what we can see and feel and, and the material world. And the fourth dimension, um, a, a greater piece of that is love. So so essentially, it's a higher it's a higher vibration. It's a higher frequency. Uh, there's there's more love. So we need to be more authentic with ourselves. We need to be kinder to ourselves and other people. And um, uh, basically, it's a growth in consciousness. What do you mean by if a person is on track or off track and how would you know or the person know if they were on or off track? Yeah, I, I work with a lot of uh, people who have either gone freelance or they've started their own businesses. And um, it's very different than going into a, a job and know you're, knowing you're going to get a paycheck, you know, at the end of the week. And it involves a lot of self-trust. And along the way, there can be a lot of self-doubt. So I get a lot of questions about, um, am I on path? Am I, am I supposed to, you know, take this direction or take that direction? Or this is happening in my life. Does this mean that I need to slow down or speed up? That kind of thing. Um, often I will use um, the astrology chart to to support feedback. I just stick to what's on their chart to give them some feedback on that. But but I get that question a lot, and I've also encountered it within myself. Um, you, you know, am I am I here um, doing what I'm here to do? Am I here? Um, doing the purpose I'm here to do, or do I need to do I need to work harder at this, or do I need to let go? So it's just navigating change, navigating taking steps to to uh, to often toward a goal, toward a, a dream, uh, toward toward some kind of uh, ambition that people have. Uh, that's what I uh, refer to there. Stay tuned to know the name, know the genius in you on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. After the break, we'll find out about what Karen Black has in her name that assisted her that you may have in your name as well, along with more about her novel, Moondance. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. 
It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Karen Black, whose website is karenmblack.com. She's taken her skills to a level where she's able to assist others in opening their hearts. How do you define or what do you say is opening the heart and what do you mean by heart explorers? Mm. Yes, another good question. Part of my my own awakening, um, I was a very uh, left-brained, very logical. Um, I, I uh, you know, didn't like big emotional scenes, you know, anything like that. So part of my learning, part of my awakening, if you will, was dealing with heartbreak. So whether that came in the form of being laid off from with my job or whether that came in the form of um, – a romantic breakup, that kind of thing. What I found was I couldn't just put a cap on it. I couldn't just, oh, you know, stiff upper lip and just, you know, motor on ahead. I tried to do that for many, many years. But what I found was I needed to feel it and understand it and 
almost run the emotion through my body so that I could be strengthened. Now I'm way shortening this. I'm shortening about a decade of my life <laughs> just in that two sentences. And again, never said it was going to be easy and, and not everybody has to go through what I went through. Um, but what I found was as I came out the other side, going through these heartbreaking experiences, as I came out the other side, each time I'd be a little calmer, I'd be a little wiser, I'd be a little stronger, you know, I'd be, um, I'd flow with life a little bit better. And then that over time also turned to courage in terms of the, the chances I was willing to take in, in, in my life. I mean, it even ties into me going freelance 10 years ago, you know, because it was kind of a scary thing to do at first. So for me, um, that that's the personal part of the journey in terms of the heart awakening. But in terms of personal empowerment, and again, many other people have written about this, um, is the balance of masculine and feminine. Um, we live on a, a very, we live on a feminine planet, uh, on a feminine planet, but the way our world is being run at this time is very masculine. So you, so probably yourself and a lot of your listeners have heard of this reclaiming the fe feminine, reclaiming the goddess and becoming more feminine. And that is a journey to the heart. It's also a journey to the right side of the brain, which is the more creative side of the brain. And I do believe all of this is going on. We need to move from the masculine to the feminine. But what I'd say is it's really not a journey to the feminine to exclude the masculine. The two have to be in balance because it's through the feminine where we maybe open up intuition and we get these great, you know, ideas. And then and then um, but then it's through our masculine energy. I'm using these words symbolically. Um, it's through our masculine energy that we actually take action and we engage with it and we manifest something on Earth with this inspiration that comes in that's so feminine. So it's really about balancing that left, right brain, masculine, feminine, um, uh, heart, heart versus our, our mind um, side of ourselves. Um, that's really where we can claim our, our power back. Yeah. Karen, what do you mean by karmic astrology and how is it different than other forms of astrology? Yeah. Karmic astrology, I found very fascinating because it's not predictive astrology. There are some people, some astrologers who are very, very skilled at prediction. Um, and what I thought, what I, what I believe is that prediction isn't necessarily empowering. Karmic astrology takes a look at our charts from uh, the point of view that that we, uh, there is reincarnation, we've lived a number of times before, and we are here to learn something new, uh, bring our talents forward, and, and all of us have a unique purpose. So the karmic astrology part will give clues about past lifetimes, uh, karma we're here to become, talents that we were born with and are here to share. It gives, um, uh, it, it gives us a snapshot, almost like a soul blueprint of what our purpose uh, it consists of this time around. And just like I said, that awakening isn't always fun. Often the soul mission or the soul purpose that you can get from a karmic astrology chart is often a stretch. It's not always, it's, it's generally not a surprise or a shock to people, but it's often something like oh yes that's come up again and again and that terrifies me but what ha what happens is when you step into that new energy then then all of a sudden you can become confident and your life goes more smoothly so it's really about it's very empowering it's about uh defining and help helping people um uh create more meaning in their life um by making choices aligned with their life purpose it almost sounds to me, and please correct me if this isn't the case, it almost yes. sounds to me like regular astrology is going forward as you're doing the wheel and looking at the planets in their houses, and karmic astrology is using the same skill but going backwards. Would that be an accurate statement? That's interesting, and, and I think I would say, yes, it goes backwards, and I, I would say that the forwards aspect of it is completely up to you. So it's a bit more... 
self-initiated, if you will. Now, now that you have this information, you can keep doing things the way you did for the last 20 years, you know, or you can take it and say, okay, this is new information. I'm going to try it that way next time. So you had asked about the heart. I'll just give an example from my own chart. I have a lot of Capricorn karma. Capricorn is the business person, again, very pragmatic, very logical, very, you know, doesn't want to fuss with emotion. All of are also very dependable and loyal and all that good stuff, too. So I have a lot of karma in Capricorn. That's where I'm most comfortable. I would just, I'm just, you know, I'd be very happy just to make sure things go uh, very easily and logically along. But my stretch is actually cancer, which is the opposite sign. And it's in uh, also a water house, the, the 12th house, which is a very unconscious house. So here's this very pragmatic person, me growing up. And my I was told my sole mission was to understand understand my unconscious emotions. And I looked at the astrologer that I worked with, and I just, I, I thought, what do I do with this? But the truth is, a lot of, I was already experiencing some of the problems with that. And the more I, again, the more I opened my heart, and I tried to understand that part of my life, the more I um, wrote it down and shared it with others, which was something I had never done, it, it ended up, just opening up a whole new aspect of my, my personality and, um, uh, um, and my life was just easier and happier and more fulfilling. Well, because you had more knowledge and, and something more to base it on. So it sounds exactly. to me like a more complete picture was there. Yes, exactly. It gave me a why, why had this happened? And, in my case, I know with the business, uh, my business work, as soon as I put work, which is very Capricorn, as soon as I put work as my goal, as front and center as my goal, this is the corporate ladder I'm climbing, everything falls apart. Company, I've been worked for companies that fell apart. I felt like it, it's just, it, it, it's a crazy, uh, crazy experience. But as soon as I say, oh, well, this Capricorn energy is a skill I have, but it's not my main purpose, Actually, I'm going to use this skill to make some money, but then I'm going to go over here and write this book or create this website or do whatever I'm doing at the time creatively to explore my inner self. That's when the corporate opportunities, the, the work opportunities came, which is really kind of upside down. So I, I hold, I, it's a skill I have, it's something that I enjoy, but for me, now it may be very different for someone else, um, but for somebody with a, a cancer uh, north node, it's called, in the karmic astrology chart, um, the the move from um, being very work-focused uh, work to uh, emotion-focused is, uh, is the path. Karen, if you could change one thing about people's understanding or how they look at the world, what would that be? I wish people were more curious and they weren't so closed to, to uh, learning different information. I wish there was more curiosity in the world. Would that curiosity extend to understanding why people... Uh, consider one party better than the other or vote the way they do or listening to somebody with an opposing point of view? Yes. I think what it would do is it would open minds. Uh, it would reduce conflict. It would enable, not enable, but um, inspire people to keep learning and keep growing in whatever area they choose, there, there, you know, maybe there would be fewer arguments about politics. Maybe there would be, you know, fewer people uh, killed because of their, you know, uh, due to, to uh, very opposing beliefs. Um, I think curiosity is something that that opens minds and can only lead to growth. That's a short answer. That would be a, that would be a great book, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Our guest tonight is Karen Black, and her website again is www.karenmblack.com. Our guest name excels at paying attention to details. This is found in the last letter in the first name being an N. If your last letter in your first name is an N, you too pay attention to details and can drive other people a little bit crazy with all those details. Do you want to know where your genius lies? 
I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can be heard every Tuesday at various hours right here on xzbn.net radio and xzone radio station and on knowthename.com. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways people have discovered the genius in themselves. This is Sharon Lynn Wyatt, signing off.